Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy B podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And today, everybody, I wanted to unpack this worldview that so many of us fall into. I would say all of us fall into every once in a while in different facets of our life. That is one of selfishness and entitlement. And today I unpack what it really looks like to have a selfish perspective and an entitled perspective and what are the exact opposite energy forces and mental worldviews that you can take from those so that you can create something more productive in the realm of the blessing, in the realm of sexuality and how porn is actually at its very core entitlement and selfishness manifest. So... If this interests you, if you want to become a happier, healthier person who knows how to navigate the nuances of life and become super, I don't know, connected to gratitude and to joy and to hope and to create this world of Channel Guk that we're trying to establish now sooner than later, then please, by all means, take a moment and listen to this podcast. We do this for you. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Andrew Love in the house. And I'm going to do another solo cast. Every once in a while, I just feel like they're enjoyable and I can really do a deep dive in a topic. And I, I got a lot of good feedback about the Dominating Your Schedule podcast, which always is a good sign. So I just want to keep down going down that road. You know, I just want to go down that road. And this road that we're going to go on today is about entitlement and selfishness. And it's something that came up if you've been following the podcast. And entitlement really is something that smacked me across the face as being a deep truth that Patrick Erlinson introduced as to why human trafficking exists. It's this core fundamental state that everybody involved in human trafficking is is entitled, right? The fact that we feel entitled to selling humans is probably the worst form of entitlement. Slavery, this idea, has been around for eons, right? And the fact that we feel like we could buy them, right? This this entire transaction is free and clear of consulting the human who's being sold or bought, right? So this is a deep, deep problem within us, each individual. But you can see it in porn as well. We are not consulting the people in porn to see how they're doing in the moment that they were being filmed to ask them if it's okay if we watch them. We don't care. We don't care. It's entitlement manifest. Okay. So this can be kind of a heavy topic. So let's keep it light. Yay. Hey, happy birthday. Whoever's birthday it is today. Uh, anybody from out of town doing crowd work on a podcast is strange because you can't answer. But I I want to tackle this in a serious way and to confront the selfishness within all of us, right? But to not make anybody feel so heavy that they don't want to do anything about it because that defeats the purpose. We can tackle these issues um, very robustly so that we can see the problems, but we can also see the light at the end of the tunnel because that's where we're going, people. That's 
The high noon light is the light at the end of this cosmic tunnel. This is the place where we're headed. By the way, do you even believe that? I feel like a lot of us, I myself even in high noon, sometimes there are so many problems that it can feel like we're just managing the problems. It's called symptom management. We're just trying to help as many people break through addiction as possible and see the other side of it. But do we really believe that our culture is going to turn itself around? Do we really believe in the concept of Chanil Guk? I'd love for you to really look at that because otherwise it could feel futile, right? At high noon, we, we genuinely believe. We're driven by the belief that we're not just here to help people from drowning. We want to create a culture of thriving. That is one of sexual integrity and that is one of high noon and that is a massive component of creating Chanoka, which is the essence of us becoming one with our ideals and our values. That's what's going to happen. But we can't do that by just focusing on the positive. We also have to talk about what ails us and find remedies for these ailments. And selfishness, I would say, is an, an entitlement. I, I can kind of unpack the difference in my view between both of those, but these are kind of like chains that no matter how optimistic you are, imagine you're like, I'm going to have an amazing day and I'm going to walk out the door and just conquer the world. And little do you know, because you haven't looked, that you have these chains attached to your legs that are tied to the wall. Guess what? You're not going anywhere. And unless we can confront the things that are deep within us, right, these, these demons, unless we really confront our demons, then... We can go about saying all sorts of great things, but ultimately we're, we're tied to the wall. We are tied to the wall. And selfishness and entitlement are probably the two main chains that I want to talk about and probably the two main chains that have tied us since, you know, the beginning of, of, of lucidity, since the beginning of being sentient beings. These are the things that have been holding us back, right? The story of Adam and Eve is all about not just two people turning away from God, but forming their own culture of selfishness. Don't tell me what to do. I'll be fine, even though I'm ruining my life, right? So some core concepts that I wanted to get into, and I, I recently gave a talk for the Heavenly Intimacy program that we're doing. So if you are recently blessed in marriage, I hope you're in this because it's amazing. We are unpacking different topics about marriage and about sexuality for people who are starting their life together. And if you're single, please prepare yourself to join that one day. Have that as a, as a landmark event in your life when you get to be a part of a community of other couples who are talking about how to start your life together in terms of loving each other wholly, in terms of understanding the nuances of sexuality. All these things are so fundamentally important and should be done kind of in our homes with our parents and in the open with our communities and other people like elders who have learned so much in these realms of sexuality and love and intimacy but all honesty not happening so much so we just create that space as a high noon for now hopefully one day we can create that culture within our movement and it just happens spontaneously all over the place that's the wildfire that we'd really love to see 
But in my talk, I mentioned some core concepts that I just wanted to go over. One is the idea of one plus one equals three. I mentioned that a little, I have a whole talk on that, you know, for high noon, but it's the idea that, and it's not just a clever title, it's, I, it's a really important concept to understand that you, when you enter a relationship with anybody, it could be a friend, it could be your parents, but it's all the more apparent when you are in a, like a thoughtful, like a relationship that you chose to be in. And that's the blessing. That's marriage. It's like, when you say yes, that's, that's on you. You said yes, right? So in the event that you go to get blessed, get married, there's you, there's the other person, and there's the relationship that you're contained within. That's the third component. Because many of us, when we look at the people that we're in a relationship with, we just think, oh, they're like this, and I'm like this, and, and that's, that's the end of that thought. But there's an entire culture that you are forming, and it's either a healthy culture or it's a sick culture. And that is the oxygen that you feed it through every thought you have about that person, every time you interact with that person, every, every, every word, every feeling that you feel about that person. So think about this a bit. If you, through the lens of entitlement and selfishness, if you are, if you are married right now, and if you plan to get married, think about if you are a person, you're in a relationship with another person, and the relationship you're in is tainted by selfishness, how's that going to go? Over time, selfishness is like toxic poison that will kill that relationship. Think about being in a bubble. You're in this bubble. You're in this sphere. Contained within it, the air gets sick. It gets thicker and thicker with disease, and it starts to kill that relationship. That's what selfishness does. It strangles the potential for love to thrive. And entitlement is the assumption that you deserve something. Oh, I'm married, so I deserve sex. Oh, I'm married, so you should massage me. You should take care of me. Having that mentality will kill your relationship, sometimes slowly over the course of years, sometimes very quickly, depending on how selfish, how that manifests, and how sensitive the other person is. The other concept is this idea of when you are two people merging you have your own little bubble, your culture that you've created your life, your thoughts, your feelings, the vibes that you give out, right? Whenever you enter a room, you're giving something to that room, right? Positivity or negativity or whatever, but that's like the culture that you carry around with you. Now, when there's two people and they're forming a relationship, those two worlds are now being smushed together. Those two cultures are being just wedged and they're starting to form this singular culture, which is a mixture. It's a hybrid of both of these two cultures, these two worlds. This is a very uncomfortable process. <laughs> Not always all the time, but often and sporadically. You never know what's going to happen. It's funny because it can happen when you are moving in together. Your version, like my wife and I have very different views on what is decoratively beautiful. I think we've found a good middle, but it's way less bright and colorful 
than I would have it. She likes things to be minimalistic and simple, and I like very vivid, bright things just because that's how I am. So what I've learned to do is just I'm wearing a very bright shirt right now. My, I love turquoise and things in that spectrum by God. I can't put it on the walls, but I can put it on my walls, my shirt. That's, that's how I express myself. But this was a bit of a push and pull. It seems something so trivial, like how do we decorate our home? But this is just one example of merging two worlds. But also think about it on a deeper level, how you communicate with each other. Some people from some homes, they're coming with a very loud, abrasive culture. And when there's an issue, they, they talk. You know, I know there's one family, I don't want to call them out, but they're half Italian, half Japanese. And the Japanese side has completely been dominated by the loud Italian side. And they are very loud, very abrasive. I cannot imagine being married into a culture like that because I'm, I'm from a very meager home. We're very humble, very quiet. We don't talk about our emotions. We just, it's kind of like British. Canadians are like British light. And that's a very like stiff upper lip. Do not talk about your feelings. It's kind of rude. Just kind of deal with it. Just kind of be strong. Just shut up and deal with your stuff, right? And it, this, you can see that this is a culture that a family has. And you're bringing that into a marriage, okay? For better or for worse, this is just what it is to merge two elements. So... Why I bring this up? Because if you have an entitlement mentality, if you have a selfish mentality, then you think that that other person needs to be more like you. And it's, a, it's, it's instead of two worlds coalescing and congealing together, it's like you are, you're trying to force your world to eclipse their world. This is a disaster. And you can see this in the realm of sexuality. There's so many, especially men, I've got to say men, we hear this much more. It happens both sides, but not equally. We hear much more from the realm of women who feel dominated by men. My husband wants me to do this. He's trying to do porn stuff on me, this kind of stuff. This is the emergence of an entitlement in a relationship. And when it happens in the bedroom, guys and gals, it is very, very toxic. Because when you are talking about sex between a loving couple. There should only ever be positive, healthy, loving emotions connected to that. And why that is, is because that is your most vulnerable, because you are physically naked. But true love, like real lovemaking, involves being mentally open, emotionally open, physically open, and spiritually open. All of you are meant to be open. And if you are hurt in that moment, you're most vulnerable, that's where the pain lasts a lot longer. Because it's like, imagine you, you go in for a hug and somebody punches you. Do you think you're going to hug them as openly the next time? No. Because you've been tainted with this perspective that this person's going to punch me if I hug them. Same is true of when you open up emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically to somebody else and they hurt you. That is a disaster. So to watch out how you kind of learn how to talk to each other is so fundamentally important. And if you're single and you're wondering, what does this have to do with me? This is such good practice for you now before you enter a relationship to learn how to try to see 
whether your perspective is coming from a very entitled and selfish mindset or you're just trying to force other people to do what you want them to, your friends, your family, when you're fighting with them and you have a disagreement, are you able to listen to them or do you just assert yourself and try to force them to believe what you believe or do what you want them to do? This is a great indicator for how you're going to interact within your marriage. Okay? So when we have an entitled mindset, we feel like we deserve something. That is an attitude and a culture that will really bulldoze over people in your life. And we learn that and nothing but that from porn. Please understand that. That is the essence of porn is that we deserve it because it's free, it's there, it's in our pocket, and we should be able to watch it whenever we want. And you can see this narrative playing out more and more if you are watching social media, if you're watching YouTube videos, if you're on Instagram. This is permeating from the realm of porn. So much of our society is, is deeply influenced because of porn, because we're all sexual beings, right? And if we're connecting our sexuality to entitlement, well, guess what? It's like a shadow that starts to eclipse the rest of us. We, if we're entitled sexually, then we start to become entitled in all areas of our life. And you can see this playing out, especially in developed nations, this attitude that, think, <laughs> I mean, when I travel, it's, I can be in a country, in a remote part of a country that has no business knowing English. That's my native language. But when I go anywhere, I kind of expect that people should know English. Why? I say because it's the international language, right? Because it kind of is. But it's actually more because I'm entitled and lazy and I haven't bothered to learn their language. I just got a talking to maybe two or three weeks ago from somebody who's kind of scolded me for not knowing any Mongolian. I've been blessed with my wife for 11 years and we've known each other for 12 years. And I know how to say I love you in a very formal way, which was very impressive to my wife and to her family, it, like when I got to know them. And then after a couple months, they're like, okay, do you know any other tricks? And I was like, no. And it's been 11 years. This is kind of the result of some form of entitlement, right? I should know more. But think about how that plays out in your more personal life. And I really, really, really believe that the essence, the core, like the nucleus of porn is entitlement and, and, and what, whatever's inside of a nucleus, I think subatomic particles, you can correct me if I'm wrong, those are selfishness, okay? So that the real genetic makeup of porn is selfishness and the bones of porn are entitlement. I hope that makes sense to you. So... If we really want to clean this up on a societal level, which I hope you do, then we honestly have to take a look at how we are manifesting selfishness and entitlement in our own relationships, in our own thought processes, the conclusions that we come to. Think about this politically, and I'm not going to dwell on this, but like the state of kind of American politics are two sides totally enraptured by their own belief that they are right and entitled to the perspective that everybody else should think like them. So you have two sides that are saying, you're wrong clearly, and I'm right clearly, and you should be more like me clearly. That's entitlement. And it's selfish. 
and it's unrealistic and it'll never be resolved because it's so unnatural for people to all think the same. That's not how we're wired, right? So it looks that way in all facets of our society and it really starts the bedrock of all this is just our own worldview. Are they are they selfish and entitled or are they what's the opposite of selfish? It's serving. It's selflessly giving. And this can be misconstrued, especially in our culture, in our movement, a lot of times we think that means nullification, becoming nothing. I am nothing. I'm just I'm just a vessel for giving. No, you're something, right? Every cell in your body, you need it. You might not be able to identify which cell is more important than the other because they're all important. I remember hearing a story about True Father. He went to a shipyard. We had like a ship company in North Carolina. I talked to somebody who worked in that shipyard and they were saying that he went to this giant boat and he looked at one of the nails inside of the boat and he said, this nail is so important. You know, like this one little piece of this boat is so important because without it, you know, it all falls apart. Everything falls apart. We, we need every little bit of that boat in order for it to be a whole boat. Same with ourselves. And so in order for us to be really healthy, it means that we are taking care of ourselves and we're thriving entities so that we can give ourselves to others. If you know feel like I'm ranting, but if you are nothing, then you have nothing to give. So selflessness is having a self to give. If you, if you have a selfish, selfless idea, it means that you're giving your good idea to somebody else so they can be happy instead of safeguarding your ideas. If you're selfless with your time, it means that you're offering people your time, which is very valuable. And their time is valuable. And everybody's time is valuable. And just offering it freely without condition. Right? That's that's where we would love to head. And a relationship that's got that at its core and it takes a lot of practice is a very strong relationship. Every time I want a massage, I'm not kidding, my wife will ask me for a massage. And I'm like, boo, deep down, my entitled side is like, but I worked hard and I want a massage. And if I can just get out of that state of mind and start to consider, but wait, she's also been working hard and she also wants a massage because she just asked me for a massage. You can see these conflicting energies. It's not that I don't want a massage. I do, but I'm giving of myself this massage to her. And honestly, you'll notice that when you live like that, it's energizing for both of you because you, even when I'm tired, if I give my wife a massage, I get energy. That's, those are vitality, like those are actual real vitality elements that we, our body's getting filled up with what? With love, okay? So the opposite of selfishness is giving is serving selflessly, right? And the opposite of entitlement, I think, I was talking about this with my kids yesterday, is gratitude, if you look at somebody and you're like, I feel like they should do something for me, that's got a very kind of like a black hole energy. There's nothing that can ever satiate somebody who's entitled because it's never enough. But somebody who's genuinely grateful, they have enough of everything. 
You can see people who are, have no money who have enough money. You know, I've met homeless people that I remember, you know, I was a part of a program and I did fundraising and I asked a homeless blind man to for a donation and he gave me whatever pennies he had and it broke my heart because I'm like, this guy is a million times better than me. He's a million times better than me in terms of his capacity to love and to give selflessly, right? So to offer the best of ourselves selflessly without condition, that's, that's the opposite of selfish expecting and requesting constantly. And entitlement is also the looking out into the world and saying, what can you give to me? I deserve it. And instead being grateful for the people in your life, for the things that you have in your life. If you can do that within a couple you and you can both do that, then you will be so strong. And as an individual, if you are not in a marriage, then please consider trying this out. And that will lead you so much more to sexual integrity. Sexual integrity, because you will see that sex isn't about, hey, I deserve this, I need this. And it's much more about, how can my sexuality be a gift to this world? Right? Think about that. How much can, how much are the thoughts that I'm having in my head producing results from my body that are good for this world? Or how much are the thoughts in my head destroying me so that I'm a needy person that goes out and takes rather than gives? Think about that honestly. And if you can start to see where you are being entitled and where you're being selfish versus where you're being selfless and where you're being grateful, then all of a sudden you'll start to be able to correct that. Once you see something, once you can see your patterns, once you can see where you're doing well and where you're struggling, then you can start to make the according changes. You ask for help for other people and then you'll go even faster. And if you do this in a way like what we promote in High Noon, which is three months at a time, you just set a goal. How much can I be more grateful and more selfless with my energy, with my time, with my sexuality? Then, and, and I feel the need to clear that up. To be selfless with your sexuality if you're single means to really connect God to your sexuality so that you're never wandering around into the dark places. So that means basically like using your sexual energy to bring you closer to god hey i could watch porn or i could go pray sounds nerdy try it i guarantee you it's the most powerful thing that you can do so i'm gonna wrap it up this has been this has been kind of like a deep dive and i said it would be fun i didn't say so many jokes just got super serious but i hope that you got a lot of it, out of it because that rubric of Okay, selfishness versus selflessness, giving, right? Selflessly. And, well, I mean, without condition. And entitled versus grateful. If you can kind of look through those lenses and you can say, my relationships, my, my work, even if a lot of people want millions of dollars, but are you, is that your motivation? Because that's totally selfish. If, and a lot of people say, well, I'll give all that money away. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. You really, you know, wanting money is not a bad thing, but if it's you, if the lens is I want money, then you're just, you're like everybody else in this world. But if you're, if your viewpoint instead is I want to give the best service in the world at whatever it is, I want to give the most value to the most people, then the money will come after.
right? If you want the greatest wife that will take care of you and or husband, right? Then that's completely the wrong view to have when starting a relationship because it's all about what you can do for me. But if you want to lift somebody up to the highest reaches of love and life and want them to experience God the most through you because you want to like find out what makes them tick and help them become the best selves and like really support them and love them and and do everything that is such a great motivation for wanting to get into a relationship and it's a completely different energy and you'll find that you can't do everything for somebody it's not all up to you but it's a great energy to have in a relationship how can i help you how can i serve you today so i hope that was helpful and i'm actually going to wrap up because i felt like i was about to before and i am now it's been real 